We have another week of lollygagging sports. On tap, I am Bo Reed, as always, along with Samantha Button and Matthew Irby. We've got a fun show. We're bringing back an old friend. Uh, it's not a person. It's actually a segment at the end, but we're going to get into that uh, a little bit later on. Uh, but first, let me check in on these on these co-hosts of mine. Samantha, how you doing? I'm trying to process the opening audio. Is that some weird cover of Bob O'Reilly? Who is, who is covering it there? That was Teenage Wasteland. No, no, no. The song's called Bob O'Reilly. Everybody just thinks it's called Teenage Wasteland, but who's the cover artist? Because that's not the who. That's somebody <laughs> covering it. I, I, You know what? I, I'm fairly certain it's... It's the one I've heard on the TV shows. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> okay, that does not clearly come from me. All right, that's Sorry, good. I'm like, like, this is not the original version of this song. Who is this? Um. <laughs> Other than that, how you doing out there in New I'm, York? I'm, I'm okay. I, I feel like I, the, the, the who is, you know, aligned here, although I'm not sure by who exactly. Who who? But uh, I'm I'm okay. I'm Spring break. It is not very warm. Beach, but <laughs> God, this is to be expected in the northeastern part of the country. So, alas. <laughs> Irby, how about you? How, how are things down there in the Lone Star State? Uh, who's on first? That, is that we're, no, I shouldn't go there. That was wow. a good start. Um, that was like yeah. a forced dad joke. That was. I'm not even going to apologize, though. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, but thank you for that opening audio as well. That was great. I felt like, so um, my, my kiddos, my youngest is turning 10 here in a few weeks, and he is so excited about the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And I felt like we were getting a trailer or the intro to Guardians of the Galaxy, which just had some fantastic music throughout its, it really has. its movie. So, yeah, that was, I thought that was, like, I feel like this is Guardians. So, good choice. Good choice. Great start. So, I'm doing even better now, though. Great start. It gets even better, Samantha. I, I, I pulled the artist off of the uh, the source file, and I can't pronounce it. So, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Is it one of those ones that they put out there because the original artist won't consent to the copyright digitally? Maybe. So somebody has to remake it in the style of the original artist? Like, what do they call that, a janky remix on YouTube? Uh, <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> that's, that's excellent. Uh, poor, poor Pete Townsend. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, obviously, uh, we are uh, really starting to to get into some baseball here. Uh, we're past all the opening uh, shenanigans. We're past all. You know, everyone's had their home opener now. Uh, we've had uh, a long bogus winning streak come to an end. And now this week, we're going to talk more about the rosin and the problems it's been having, uh, or baseball, it's, I guess you should say, baseball has been having with it over the last handful of days. We're going to get into that a little bit later on. But Samantha, how about you kick us off with, with one, of your, uh, one of your topics from the week that you want to talk about here? All right. So, so we're actually not done with shenanigans. We're, we're done with opening shenanigans. We're not done with shenanigans because we need to talk about the fact that home run celebrations have gotten out of control and they must be stopped. Oh um, there are some good ones, and, and we will discuss those as well. But I I will start by saying this. I think that for a truly good team, you know, a dugout celebration, that's what we're talking about, the dugout celebrations, that it needs to be something that comes about organically and that is somehow 
something that is representative of your team, whether that's who they are as a group or what your team name is or what have you. Um, it, it needs to be something that is not like, we sat down during a rain delay in spring training with a bunch of beers and tried to come up with something. Like, guys, that's not how this works. It's way too forced. Um, so <laughs> I, I thought we could discuss some of these. And I will give you sort of my opening salvo and just kind of what I like and what I don't. And then I want to hear what you guys think as well. So I will start by saying that anything that is hat-based needs to go. Mm-hmm. There is nothing unique or original or interesting about putting on a cowboy hat or a samurai helmet or whatever the hell a cheese hat. Really, could you be any less original? A cheese hat. Like, ugh, like stop with the hats. It's ridiculous. It's so dumb. Like, I, I, just, I can't get off the work with this. It feels so forced and also kind of like a cop-out at the same time. So mm-hmm. I don't love that. Um, I... I, I will say, one, there's two that I like, and I have no notes. Um, one of them is, this is maybe a little bit biased, but I, I like the Guardians just drawing the heart in the air. Um, it's really simple. It's very indicative of the way this team feels about each other, and it's not, like, too much. Um, it's This is a good one. Um, I also really like the pirate sword fight. I think that's cool. They're pirates, right? Mm-hmm. They're sword fight. Sure. Yeah. That's cool. That's that's good. It's not too forced. It goes with your team. So those are the two that I, I think are pretty good, and I, I don't have any caveats for it. Um, the Orioles, we need to talk about this. So the Jong Gong is hilarious, and we're calling it the Jong Gong. It's not the Homer hose. I don't care what you know. MLB PR wants. It's called the Jong Gong. So that's point number one. Um, and I like the Jong Gong. I think it's kind of great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is something that's going to get old and it's going to need to get retired, kind of like the cart in Boston. It was fun while it lasted and then it kind of needed to go. Um, what I don't love is the sprinkler thing. It's like too much. Like, you don't need to celebrate everything that happens, this coordinated water spinning thing. Like, you, you need to pick one. Um, I think they're doing that for, like, doubles or something. Like, it's just way too much. It's starting to feel a little bit yeah. performative. So, don't go good. Spinning sprinkler, gilding the lily, that's got to go. Um, those are the ones that, that really come to mind. Just stop. No more hat things. No hat things. So, <laughs> all right. So, so where's everybody else at on all these? I mean, or I any others that I may have missed. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Now, how about this? How about we issue a an, an advisory for Major League Baseball teams? You have to pick. You can't have a yeah. you can't have a celebration for home runs and a celebration for just just a single double or a triple, right? No, you, no, right. too much, too much, too much, right? So you have to pick. You have to pick. Now, some teams have done very well with this in the past. Uh, you, you brought up the Guardians, Irby. I want to bring up the uh, the Claw and Antlers, right? Which was on, which was just base hits. They didn't do that stuff for home runs. At least not, I don't remember them doing that. So I, I feel like you have to pick. But one more point here: clearly, none of these guys watch the NFL. Which and this is what's really unfortunate because like you don't really have anything in these NFL celebrations that you could use over an entire 162 game season. But you can see how creative these celebrations can be. If you watch some of these NFL celebrations and Samantha, like the, 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 hard, the hard part about it is they're not going to get fined like NFL players are for their celebration. So they, they have an open canvas. And the best we've come up with uh, for doubles, apparently, is spitting some water in the air. I, yeah, and it's, for the record, I'm glad we're not finding people for this. I, I love that baseball doesn't act like you're in the military, which is, you know, like, 
big part of your jail, which is a big part of the problem with a lot of NFL-related things. Although, um, in their defense, celebrations did also get completely out of control in the NFL. Like, I mean, I love the guys rowing the boat or doing a little dance or whatever, but, like, once you're pulling a cell phone out of the bowl, it needs to be stopped. So, you know, they, they kind of swung too far the other way. But, yeah, like, these things like that, those sort of choreographed numbers that we sometimes see for touchdowns, are not sustainable throughout an MLB season, but you really do need to pick something. Or if you're going mm-hmm. to celebrate, let's say, anything that scores a run, it needs to be the same thing every time. And another note on this, um, no Homer hoes, no hearts, no hats, no sword fighting, no nothing, if you're down, like, six runs. Oh, like, yes, there's nothing please. worse than, like, the sad trombone homer celebration like you need to know when it's just not appropriate to do like mm-hmm. you need to be in the lead or rallying or in a close game like i don't want to see you blogging water when you're down six rounds yeah like, stop absolutely. this <laughs> absolutely irby how about you where are you landing on all this so you hit my first point perfectly there yes uh there's a time and a place for these and losing losing big is not you know yeah down Eight nothing. You hit a solo home run in the ninth inning. Please don't celebrate. Don't, don't just just jog your four bases. Go back, lick your wounds, move on. Um, so mine, yeah. These individual, you guys brought up some good ones. Some of these have been fun. Some of these are a little too much. I, I'm, I'm with you. I like the sword. I like the pirate sword. That's been good. Um, the Japanese flavor for me. Okay, so the hats. I, I'm on board with the hats. The only one is the samurai helmet. No, boo! It's the same thing. We know it's the same thing. I since it's Otani brought it, that's why I like. I can get on board. No, I don't. I okay. I. It's not the worst. But um, the other Japanese one I love is the Macho Man um, Yoshida with the Red Sox and the inflatable weights. I've enjoyed that one. Oh, I, everybody! See, everybody hates that because you know those weights are branded. They have a logo on them. Oh, they do. Yeah, <laughs> very, <laughs> very. That's funny. No, but I. So the one I knew. Um, I so this all this stuff is good. The only one. So step away from the team celebration as well. And I want to bring the ballparks in here just a little bit. Um, did you guys see the Dodgers game a couple nights ago? Max Muncy's home run. So you know at the Dodger Stadium, once you hit the home run, they flicker the lights, they turn the lights off, and we get fireworks and special lights. Yeah, the person in charge of that turned the lights off before the home run ball landed in the stands. <laughs> oh, no. Like, it's 20 feet from hitting the stands and the lights go out. No, 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 no. We got to stop that. <laughs> All right, this was so bad. I didn't even know about this until you sent me the video. What was it yesterday, I think? And I yes. watched this, and I'm like, I, this is how someone dies. This is how someone <laughs> death by home run. Like, it was a cute idea. Now we see what the flaw is. It needs to stop. Oh, no. Did it actually hit someone? <laughs> I don't, you don't know because it's all dark. Well, I would think that would come out in the news if it did. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. God, that's funny. Now, it's not funny for whoever got hit by that ball, but yeah, it's, right. it's kind of funny. <laughs> oh, boy. Samantha, anything else on this before, uh, before we, we move on to your next topic? <laughs> No, no, it's just that, like, I mean, I would like to see more people be more creative about this. And if you don't have a good idea, then please don't put your, like, third best idea out there. Just, you don't need one. Like, mm-hmm. wait till something happens organically that, that will help you come up with something. But 
I mean, there are some there's some ideas out there. Like I've been thinking about this. I'm like, I mean, Oakland, like it's a mess. Like there's wildlife everywhere. Like you know, instead of like evicting the possum that has taken over the visitors announcing this, like I think you should bring that possum out and somehow make him part of the celebration. That could be fun. Uh-huh. Like, but we'll never get there happen, because like, the the A's are always losing by eight runs, so they'll never get to do it. Well, I mean, that's, you know, I don't know that the possum's going to want to do this all the time. So maybe that's the that's true. I wasn't He's got six performances a year, and the A's are like, "That's cool. We're only going to hit six meaningful home runs this season at home, anyways." <laughs> if you're going to have Wild Kingdom inside your ballpark, then why not just roll with it? Like, let's lean into this, and like, let's bring the feral cats out. Like, right? I was just, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was very actually, hard to get cats to do anything on command. You probably have an easier time training the possum, but like, there's there's something that we can work with this. Yeah, I was I was actually thinking that what would be kind of cool if we got the uh, the the wild cats and uh, was able to somehow get them to do some sort of a coordinating celebration. <laughs> Cheryl cat parade. I don't know what that would look like. Probably nothing very organized, but I'm in favor of it. That I could get a work with that. Like, every time you hit a home run, you release the feral cats on the field. It'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. What else do you have for us here tonight, Samantha? Okay. So I wanted to. Uh, I think when I first started thinking about this, I was just thinking about the sort of power outage um, for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and, and how he is uh, perhaps not hitting with as much power as one would have expected or hoped uh, if one was a Blue Jays fan. Um, he is obviously hitting for you know, a very high average, I think he's at 357, and um, his OPS is 939, so it's, it's not necessarily a criticism of him as in, oh my goodness, he's in a slump, he sucks now, but significant power outage there, um, which I think is notable somewhat uh, just for him as an individual. Um, you know, if you kind of go down the list, um, sort of amongst qualified hitters, he is in a, you know, many-way tie with three at 49th uh, for home runs, 30th in OPS, 11th in war, so that's something to consider. He has one double, um, and he's slugging 500, which is a you know, a many-way tie, again, for 50 seconds. Uh, interesting, too, that he doesn't lead the team in any offensive category, which, you know, there's an argument out there that says things Matt Chapman is off to such a hot start. But he's not really second uh, in most of the offensive categories either. So we can talk a little bit about that. But what's particularly interesting to me about this is that the Blue Jays made some changes to their ballpark this offseason. They moved their fences. And what they did was essentially make it easier to put a home run out and a little bit more difficult to get a double. And their theoretical best home run hitter is not hitting home runs. So it's oh. very early, obviously, very early. But pacing-wise, it's a little bit concerning, uh, the, the power outage that we're seeing here, and perhaps has broader implications that if you're the Blue Jays and you have engineered your entire ballpark because you just thought you were going to outslug everyone else, and that's really how you're winning games right now, and, and you're your theoretical best power hitter is actually not hitting with very much power at all. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Something certainly I think to keep an eye on. Like, oh, did you make a mistake when you cut down the doubles and increased the home runs with your ballpark design? Like, uh, I mean, it's, you almost want it to be true, not because I want Baby Vlad to have a bad season or even not to hit for power, but because I think we all expressed some concern coming into the season about, like, um, the frequency with which people are moving their fences <laughs> and that this is something that might become a problem. So if somebody gets taught an important lesson in, aha, hubris, here's what happens if you do it wrong, and maybe we won't get so many teams that are, are so quick to 
move the fences in a way that they feel is advantageous uh, to their own team playing uh, 50% of their games in that particular ballpark. You know, that is interesting because I, I forgot about the uh, the Blue Jays altering their, their ballpark. I did forget about that. Um, I mean, Irby, like you, you're the numbers guy, so I know you know this already, but you look at these numbers and you see everything you need to see. His batting average at 357, okay, great, but how many how many singles is this guy hitting? His, his, his slugging's at 500, his OPS is at 939. Well, it's... They're all single. Like, he has the three home runs, and he has one double. So everything else is single. So everything else is single. This wow. is, um, I, yeah, okay, so this, I agree. This comes down to dimensions and everything. I'd like to see some more of the extra base stuff. But at the same time, because, well, it, it, why I believe, that I'm with you there on the why it's the stadium, because exit velocity I, I ever even is is the same as what he's had before. Like like, there's nothing different in here. His average launch angle is actually even higher than usual. So we're stop hitting the ball on the ground. And I don't know if this this is this. It takes going to take a lot more data. It's going to take a lot more time to see how this plays out or anything because this could be. You know, we saw last year um, Marcus Simeon. It took what forty two. Right, yeah. 42 days into the season before he hit a home run, and then he started hitting the cover off. So does that fix itself here? Or, I mean, at the same time, you know, if if he can hold this batting average, yeah, the on-base percentage is up because the batting average is up and everything. I, You know what? A baby lad up there cranking singles and batting at a 350 clip, like, I, I, I'm with you all. I would love to see the improvement, but... I, I don't know. I, I, there's not enough data here, I, you know, because that is an alarming number. If this was looking at three home runs and let's say he had like seven doubles already, something like that, then we're looking at it going, look, this is purely the ballpark because you've moved this back and now he's just hitting doubles. And, and having a guy batting 350 who's also slugging a bunch of doubles, not a bad thing to have at all. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's, it's these are singles and single and single. I mean, 21 of your 25 hits are singles. So I don't know. I think small sample size, but something to definitely keep an eye on if this is just a slow start or what. But I, the beautiful thing about Baby Vlad is, is we, he could go on a nice little nine-game road trip and come back with eight home runs instead of three. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, that, that's true. Like He could very quickly and easily – Turn this around, but I mean, Smith. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, you know, those numbers that that Irby just shared are, are are a little bit more concerning for me because his exit velocity hasn't changed. His launch angle has gotten actually a little bit better, and we're not getting more than just singles. Well, and he kind of proved my point too about the ballpark being an issue right. because mm-hmm. when they changed the dimensions, they made it easier to hit home runs, but they also made it harder to hit doubles. Like, that's, this isn't just a straight, we want to be more of an offensive park. They designed it in such a way that the field is narrower, the power alleys are smaller. So, yes, it's easier to go run, but it's harder to hit a double. Well, look at all those singles. How many of those would have been doubles under the old park dimensions? I have not seen the data on that. I don't know if anybody has it. That concerns me. Like, did you kind of screw yourselves here? Like, it's like, okay, if he's maybe adjusting to a, a bit different, uh, sort of style of hitting, and he's more about putting the ball in play than putting it out of the ballpark. Okay, 
but you've just created a ballpark where it is harder for him to get extra base hits and to hit in other base runners by cutting down on the number of doubles that are possible in this park. So did you kind of screw yourselves with that? You know, like you picked the wrong thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how much what what happened with, with Camden Yards last year played into what the Blue Jays did because that actually worked for the Orioles. Like, like what they were trying to do actually worked with that different. Le- it was ugly as hell, but it worked. It got the job done, and then they, the Blue Jays get this great idea of like, oh, we can alter our bar, our ballpark, and they just weren't as careful as Baltimore was in making sure that it was correctly done. No, it was correctly done. This was intentional. Yeah, but still. (laughs) No, 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 no. You can't really compare them because what Baltimore did is the very standard we're moving our fences in because we don't have enough power on our team. Like the Mets did it a couple years ago. Like that's a pretty typical thing to do. You're not changing the dimensions of the field from a width perspective. You're Mm, just moving the fences in to make it a little bit easier. So it's not really comparable. And this wasn't an accident. It's not like they accidentally shrunk the power. No, they knew exactly what they were doing. This was all intended. So, you know, what Baltimore did, what the Mets did, what typically we see when somebody moves their fences in, we often see it with bad teams. Sort of like, well, we got to give people something to look at, right? Like, right. make it a little bit easier for our guys to put it out. Or, you know, the joke of a right field run fortune in New Yankee Stadium, which is clearly designed for left-handed hitters to be able to exploit. But, like, this was multifaceted, and that's where I, I really wonder about how this is going to turn out. Like, you're trading one thing for another, which is not something we typically see when we see the fences move. And that's why it's weird, and that's why it's potentially more costly, because you sacrifice one thing for another. And now it's looking like maybe you picked the wrong thing for that. Sacrifice. <laughs> oh, man. Irby, anything you want to add here? No, I. It, it's it, it is interesting, and it, like I said, it goes back to the small st- sample size. And let's keep an eye on this. You know, I with Toronto because I. The other thing of the the flip side of that, you know, when I talk small sample size and stuff like that, that they played more road games. You know, the, the six six of their. 18 games, so a third of their games at home. And all games on the road. were on the road. I went, that's another yeah. problem, too, with this ballpark redesign. All the home runs. I need to, I, I'm okay. curious where the double yeah. was. Like, is all the extra base has been on the road? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's that right there. Okay, so, yeah, there's, yeah, that's that's not going to, um, yep, the double is on the road as well. Yep. So, he's, yeah, so he's batting 388 with a 456 on base and a 592 slugging on the road. His home numbers, and this is as of as of uh, Wednesday night, 286 batting average, 286 slugging, 686 OPS Oof. at home game. So, yeah. Um, it's, the wrong fence. Yeah, this is funny. Like, like I, I love when we do this, where it's kind of like, yeah, no, we need more data. We need more data. But the more I'm looking at the data, and I'm like, I'm, I'm just saying we need more data just to say it at this point. Like, no, this is not good. Like, Dude, I'm telling is- you, I dug so deep on this. Like, I don't know if we need more data. I hope I'm wrong, but like, it's bad. Uh, <laughs> when you look at yeah. the dark factors, it's bad. <laughs> That's not. Oh man, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> Good grief. All right. Well, yeah, this will be fun to watch. This will be fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, All right, Erbis, how about you? What do you, uh, what do you want to lead off with uh, with your topics this week? All right, well, I'm, I'm still trying to recover from, from baby Vlad and 
and now I'm data stricken, and uh, I don't know what's going on. But I don't. No, um, is, is that a thing? Da- data stricken? I I can make it. Yeah, I'm always there. <laughs> Ugh, man, so I mean, if it is, you'll be able to tell me. <laughs> yeah, this is this is we broke baby Vlad. We didn't break baby Vlad. Canada broke baby Vlad. Dead gummit. Uh, <laughs> all right, so. All right, uh, yeah, let's let's jump around. You know, uh, let's go positive, positive. You're a joy. We're picking joy, yeah. Um, everybody and their grandmother and even the people under rocks know what the Tampa Bay Rays did at the start of the season. I, we're not going to take anything away. Good job. Well done. 10-0 at home. You know, 105,000 people saw all that. Um, so, great job. You won the games in front of you. Wouldn't, whatever. I'm more impressed with what's happening out in Atlanta. Um, with the Braves, I sure not a better record. So be it. The Braves are taking care of business against better teams. Um, they've had their, you know, their series against Kansas City and Washington, sure, but um, they a nice little series there against the uh, the Padres. Fun one coming up here. Uh, rematch of the World Series against the Astros, mm-hmm. the World Series of a couple years ago. Real fun one to watch here because. Atlanta is in a position now where they are, you know, I, I, they're doing this on the road too. Like, like they're winning these games on the road. They're ten and two on the road. They're two games up on the Mets. The Mets still are going to be fine and and have stuff coming back. But it's already starting to become look like it's going to be these two. And Atlanta hasn't played home games. And I'm real intrigued about that Houston series because that's a Houston team that's. Not off to their best start, but I, I don't know. I, I Between the starting pitching, between the hitting, like it's nobody's jumping out with this team and just blowing the numbers out of the water. Instead, it's the, you know, what, what we see in baseball, it's somebody new every night. And sure, we've got great numbers. I mean, we talk about, uh, you know, Matt Olson, the move that continues to pay dividends over and over again, who's already got, uh, 13, 12, sorry, 12 extra base hits. Maybe Vlad has four. Oh, man. Matt Olsen has 12, but he's driven in 20 runs. But this is the, it's what's scary about teams like this, good teams like this. They are doing it with somebody new every single time. Yeah. No, they, they are. And, you know, Samantha, I'm going to absolutely agree with Irby on this one. It's it's, it's Without a doubt, better. It's it's more impressive than what the Rays have done. I like how you know they avenged uh, this week. They avenged like their their one series loss. They, they lost they, they lost three out of four to the Padres at home. Then went out to San Diego and took two out of three. So I like that they avenged that. Now, of course, they got he, as Rubio got the Astros and they got the Marlins for four, and then they then they go to Queens next weekend. So. Give it up for the Braves. Yeah, I just think it feels more sustainable. They've, they've played a much tougher schedule. Um, there's not been a lot of fluky stuff going on there, and there has been some fluky stuff going on with Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also think that I don't know if you necessarily want to go on a win streak like that this early. I don't know that that's great to get that hot that early. Um, also, you know, again, friendly reminder, we talked about this last week, but, uh, you know, 13 win streak doesn't really mean much if it happens in July, so let's not look overvalue this. So the Braves, I, I think, certainly at least as impressive of a performance and probably better because the strength of schedule has been so much stronger. Uh, Tampa also uh, starting to, I, I think, uh, 
unfortunately pay the piper on some of the injuries. Uh, you know, Jeffrey Slade is obviously going to undergo Tommy John surgery, mm-hmm. so some issues there as well. Um, and, you know, I the, the Braves are just a really well-balanced team. Um, you know, you guys mentioned that it's kind of a different person every night, and it's not necessarily the same guy. And Sean Murphy acquisition sure looks good, um, especially because they gave up nothing to get him because they got team number three, Patsy, involved in that trade. So um, that worked out well for them. Uh, I doesn't look like they missed Freddie Freeman at all. So all to the good there. I guess I'm just more likely to believe that this is sustainable, that the Braves are kind of where they are supposed to be and they're playing like it and they, they belong in first place. Whereas Tampa, I mean, it, does anybody here really think that New York and Toronto are not going to catch up to them relatively quickly? I mean, I don't disagree with that statement. <laughs> Uh, Tampa, Tampa City are sixteen and three, Irby. Uh, the, the Braves are fourteen and five, and, and just to kind of echo what Samantha's saying there, I'll take Atlanta's fourteen and five over Tampa Bay sixteen and three because a thirteen game winning streak doesn't tell me you're, that what you have is sustainable. It tells me that you had a lot of luck. So, right there with you, there, Irby. Yeah, it, it's it's. <laughs> You know, and, and, and look, I feel bad for Tampa. You know, great start and losing Jeffrey Springs. Sure, then that's rough. But, you know, I the Braves are doing – they're still doing this with Charlie Morton. Like, Charlie <laughs> Morton, guys. Like, what? I have to forget sometimes that Charlie Morton's – it's like, you know, the next man up. You take it to the next level of these pitchers. I mean, I, I, I Spencer Strider, awesome. Brent's El- Brent, 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 yeah, Bryce, Bryce Elder as well, but but they're doing it with Charlie Morton and my gosh Jesse Chavez. What? Jesse Chavez hasn't given up a run this season yet. Come on, Jesse Chavez was it was almost like watched that a couple of years ago. This is this is I, it's just something about the Braves. It's about that organization, mm-hmm. and and it's a cultural change, and it's fun to watch because it's the. You know, look at the series coming up. It's the ultimate good guy playing the ultimate bad guy, and it's fun to cheer for the Braves. Well, it's a heck of a lot more fun to cheer for them than it is that team in Houston. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> Smith, anything else you I, want to add here? Yeah, I don't know that we would call the Braves the ultimate good guy, but it certainly picked them over Houston. Yes. <laughs> 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 They've got some issues, too. But, uh, yeah, it means the Braves any day of the week over the Astros, certainly. I'm fairly certain I would take teams in the California Penal League over the Astros, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Samesies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Herbie, what else do you have here? Well, let's let's dive into the, uh, you know, we, we've kind of been looking at the changes in the rules, and we, we're following this slowly by slowly, the rules changes, and the pitch clock, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I mean, let's all be 100% honest, it has definitely sped up the game. <laughs> no argument here. That has made a difference, but... um. Who's struggling with it and who's getting along just fine with it? Um, that, that's been kind of fun. Um, the, the one that really sticks out to me that's worrisome, the, the Chicago White Sox um, already struggling with the pitch clock. They've also got the only defensive shift violation already. Um, and this is without Tony Larusa, So <laughs> you can only imagine how much worse this, this would have been. Without, um, but uh, yeah, leading, uh, you know, the was it the pitch timer one 
we've seen a good, you know, Milwaukee, no big shocker there. Arizona's had some issues with it. The Angels, no big shocker there. Uh, Savannah, your, your, your Guardians there um, struggled with that one a little bit as well. So I, I With the pitch clock? With the pitch clock violation, yeah. It's, yeah. All, ter- it's all parent check, don't worry. Um, it's, it's one individual. Yeah. Having an immediate time not being able to redo his hair every pitch. Yes, it's, it's problems. <laughs> Yikes. Well, there you go. But but yeah, the the crazy one here. Um, I the Dodgers don't have a violation yet. Period. What? The Dodgers. Like, all right, kudos. You know, and then there's the ones that are doing the best, along with the Braves. Um, Oakland's also doing really well in this situation, which doesn't bode well because they can't win games, but I guess they know how to keep on time. I, whatever. <laughs> Feral Cats must be helping with that one or something like that. So I don't know. I, I, it's early. It's early. Again, early data, but still early data. It's always so much fun to break down. Um, but the, the Angels one probably is the most alarming for me because it's the pitching side. It's not just the hitting side. They are giving up balls. Mm-hmm. They are having issues giving up balls, and that's already a team not known for their pitching. So the last thing they need to be doing is a, is, is giving up free passes. Yeah, but it's the Angels, Samantha. Like, like it, it, that's not a surprise. I yeah, I don't have to say about that. Deal with a piece of this, like sure, yeah, you're on just an undisciplined team. I I really step on the feral cat. Angle in Oakland because I'm picturing the feral cats, like you know, in Lady the Tramp with those two Siamese cats and they're singing their little song and they're swinging their tails like a metronome. That's what I'm picturing the feral cats doing to help them keep track of the pitch box. So that's getting you know, in my head for at least a week now. No, thanks, but, thanks um, for that image. I'm right there with you. You loaded me up if good. If I have to see it, so do you. Um, <laughs> but look, I want to talk about Juan Soto because he is clearly been badly affected by the pitch clock. I mean, yeah. has even kind of admitted as such, has, has said that it is difficult for him to kind of get back into the box when this is happening, and I have no doubt he'll work it out. He's an incredible hitter. I, I don't want to hear all this ridiculous, Juan Soto's washed up, like, oh, it was a bad trade. No, Juan Soto's going to be fine. But he is definitely having a just absolutely miserable time adjusting to the pitch clock, which is, like, I think not entirely surprising when you think about what his sort of routine between pitches is, but I would also have thought of him as somebody who would be probably more adaptable, so I guess I'm a little bit surprised in, in that regard, and gosh, guys, how long is it going to take him? Because, like, you know, they, they need him to get going. They're, they're paying him a lot of money. He's got to hit better than, you know, he's sub Mendoza line now. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually surprised there's not more hitters like, like Juan Soto that are struggling like this because because those guys have such a rhythm about their at bats and being rushed in to get into the box by that eight second mark it's messing with a rhythm. Can you imagine Nomar Garcia Parra right now trying to do this stuff? I can't. Yeah, it's Nomar Garcia Parra and Mike Hargrove are the two that right. I keep coming back to. Like, oh my gosh, like Mike Hargrove literally called the human rain delay um because he took so long there. Um and, and Nomar Garcia Parra the gloves Oh my gosh! Like, or who was that pitcher, Rafael Betancourt? Remember that guy who was out there? I mean, it took him forever. Oh yeah, like, Betancourt. Like a yeah. solid thirty seconds between pitches, and you were just like, I mean, I used to hate watching it. It was crazy. Yeah. It was so tedious. And like, can you imagine that guy now? Like, he just—you think Karen Jack's bad? Like, that dude would be like multiple pitch clock violations every game. Oh man, I actually had forgotten about him. Yeah, oh, that was that was horrible. It was like, so awful to watch. 
Yeah, thank you for that image. I have not, yeah, same thing. thing. Go, go I have not thought cats. of him in a while. It's a matter of thought. Go back to the cats with the tails. TikTok, TikToks. Oh. There you go. Yeah, because yeah, like, how many times you're like, what are you doing? Are you getting a sandwich in between pitches? What the hell's going on here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, well, I mean, you're slaughtering the cow, cooking the meat, making a sandwich, eating the sandwich, and cleaning up the sandwich. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> there were some nights he was dry aging a steak. Mm. Sharing <laughs> uh, bacon. Uh, yeah, I do not mix it at all. Not even a little <laughs> bit. No. <laughs> all right, herbs. What, what what else you got? <laughs> I well, yeah, yeah. That was that was fun. Curing bacon. Thank you. That's what I needed the most there. Um, so the weirdly um, a, a similar outage, um, but a less confusing one, um, and I say it's similar but he's actually got a lot more extra base hits. More extra. Uh, Louisa Rise, uh, the newest oh. member of the Marlins, he's, um, <laughs> well, I, look, doing a great job on getting hits, you know, I mean, Lee Whitney did 28 hits on the season so far, <laughs> uh, batting average, he's batting down to, his, his batting average has dropped. Uh, significantly down from 511 to 438. So he's only batting 438. Um, but hey, your OPS when you bat that high and you've got six extra base hits, that puts your OPS over a thousand. So he's got over a thousand. So all that sounds great. You know, yeah, awesome. Knocking the cover off the ball. Well, no, he's getting hits, but he ain't knocking the cover off the ball. Luis, Luis, though, he is doing the best at getting hits, not whiffing, not striking out. His, uh, his his exit velocity, <laughs> uh, not so good. <laughs> so this is the, um, I can, can Jamie Moyer be reincarnated as a hitter? Is that possible? <laughs> I, I, I think we're watching it, yeah. <laughs> he is the, he is becoming the E-League softball player of Major League Baseball. And I'm not against it. I'm not hating it. <laughs> I, Samantha, maybe there's a maybe there's a logical explanation for this. I mean, it, it is more humid in Miami than it is in Minnesota. Could that be slowing things down, affecting his exit velocity? He hits the ball and it hits the humidity; and it goes nowhere. But he's never been a power hitter. It's not even any different. Like this is—he's never been a power hitter. Like I don't understand why this is a problem for anyone. And I, Irby, I know you're saying it's not a problem, and I agree with you. Like. Hey, not everybody needs to hit home runs. Like, not everybody needs to barrel the ball every time. Like, it's like we've gotten so conditioned to three true outcome baseball that now we're upset mm-hmm. about a guy who's hitting incredibly well. He's making contact. He's getting on base, which, by the way, is what the Marlins said they wanted to do. They're trying to copy the Guardians model and become more contact-oriented. So they're doing exact. they did exactly what they set out to do. With this train, you know, I mean, jury's still out on who won this. Probably no one, considering who was involved. Um, but we'll see. But, yeah, I don't have any problem with this. I, I love contact hitting. I do not need my contact hitters to hit home runs. I don't need them to have high exit velocity or launch angle or any of these things. If he's getting on base, I don't care. Like, I, the last thing I want to see is some guy trying to kill it when his job is to get on base. And that is exactly his job, and he's doing it well. Irby, anything you want to add there? I mean, I agree. 
Yeah, no, no, no. It's you're exactly right. Like this is this is what you hope for, and it's it's fun to watch. Um, Luis did um, earlier today have an exit velocity of a hundred point three miles per hour, so he is into the triple digits on the season. Before that, at bat wow. today, he was still in doubled figures. <laughs> no, I'm not making fun of Luis. It's just fun to watch because, yeah, sure, it's not. And 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 Smitty said it well about the you don't have to be the barreling. We're in the world of we're hearing all this barreling and exit velocities and all that. It's like it's amazing. This is great. It's like yeah, well, what's this fatty average? <laughs> like the man gets on, he finds gaps. He doesn't swing at bad pitches, and I, I, I what was it? The whiff rate is at I, I want to say it was like eight percent. Like that's just yeah. Well, and like, guess what? Come on. Guess what's projectable? Guess what's super projectable is a stat whiff rate. You want to know what's not projectable? Exit velocity because it's random. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything on its own, and it's just a fun, cute little thing that we can all enjoy, <laughs> but we shouldn't assign too much meaning to. So. Thank you for this. Thank you. Like, I feel like this is something people needed to hear. Uh, <laughs> the stat cast yeah. on my TV says differently. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, but the problem is, Bo, you're right. It does. <laughs> Which is why we have... Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> what, is it? what is it? Stats for stats sake. That's what you're watching on TV. Mm-hmm. Stats for stats sake. Shiny you know what? Yeah. Science shiny eyes. I will. I will. You know that eight percent. That's that's and and the crazy thing that is up from last year. Um, just looking at it, Luis was in the seven percent last year. That's just ridiculous. Like I don't. I don't think I had an eight percent whiff rate on the team. <laughs> I mean, this sounds like whatever the opposite of like Alejandro Kirk's foot speed to first. Like this is the anti that. Right? Like, the, the percentage that, that's so extreme that you can't even believe it exists in a professional sport in a good way, in this case, and maybe in not so good of a way when you realize how slow some of these guys are. <laughs> like, <laughs> Kirk. I love you, Bowling Ball, but you're not fast. Um. <laughs> All right. Irby, anything, uh, anything else you have on this one? No, 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 no. That's it. It's, it's, it's just fun to have. You know, we, we loved ourselves to Jamie Moyer, so it's, a, it's appreciative that we now have the 20, 20, 22 years younger version of himself as a hitter. <sighs> I hated facing Jamie Moyer, but I loved watching him pitch. It was, yeah. All right. I love Jamie Moyer. Love Jamie Moyer. <laughs> All right. So I've got a few here uh, to chat about. Let's start. Uh, Samantha, I, I keyed this up at the beginning of the show about the rosin because – and what originally, what originally kind of sparked this in my head was what happened with the Twins and Yankees over the weekend on Saturday uh, with a whole, you know, rosin on his hands and didn't wash them off and got called out by the umpire, still didn't get ejected, but the Twins manager did, Rocco Baudelli did. Uh, but we, we've already had some more incidents since then with rosin, so let's, let's have a discussion here about what baseball is doing with the rosin. This happened, you know, recently to Max. He was the latest one, happened to Max today. Uh, it, it could happen even more tonight. Or just a reminder, we record these things Wednesday night. So there could be another one by the time this airs. Yeah, so this is an umpiring problem. Yeah. Um, because, first of all, we're not getting consistent results, which is the most important thing. Like This is just like, what is a catch? I don't care what a catch is as long as it's the same thing every time. I don't care 
what a substance violation is as long as it's the same thing every time. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's need to be consistent. And, and Rocco Balai, you rarely hear me side with the Twins, although they were going against the Yankees, another team you'll rarely hear me side with. But um, he was right. He was absolutely right. Like, this guy, like, you know, if, if you talk about, like, what's the deterrent for, you know, committing an act that's against the rules? Punishment. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So why was this guy allowed to go wash it off, which he didn't even do all the way, by the way. And other people are just getting ejected all over the place. Scherzer got ejected because there was some love. I mean, this guy had it clearly all over his hands. He couldn't even get it all off. Like it, it calls to mind. You remember that World Series game between Detroit um, and St. Louis when Kenny Rogers came out there and he was just like covered in rosin. And it was just like all over him. Mm-hmm. Like, all over his jersey, all over his glove, all over him. And then, hilariously, Tony Lugerson was like, oh, it's, it's cool, it's fine. Um, so, um, <laughs> a very, very Tony thing to do. Um, but that's kind of what that reminded me of, where you're like, dude, this is so blatant. Like, if you're going to kick somebody out, this is the time where you do it. And if you're not going to kick them out, then you're setting the precedent. Okay, well, you just have to get rid of the Rosin and everything's fine. And then he didn't even get rid of it. Like, I didn't fully understand why Rocco Baldelli was so upset. He was right. Uh-huh. And also, ump show. And then do we need to introduce the additional issue of, like, um, you know, part of the reason we use rosin is so that we don't kill anybody yeah. with a 98-mile-per-hour fastball to the head. So, like, if these guys are having trouble controlling the baseball, and rosin's a legal substance, may I remind everyone, so... I mean, what is the rule here? Like, what is the rule? There has to be a rule. Like, either you're just not allowed to... This can't be this much of a judgment call because the the young show situation cannot handle it. We've seen very inconsistent results here. Yeah, but they clearly have a directive from baseball, right? Like, they clearly have a directive from baseball to limit the Raws and non-players. Now, I agree with you. You you leave it as as a judgment on the umpiring crews that you're going to get this inconsistency because... each crew member is not consistent with each other on strike yes. zones, right? So I, I'm with you on that, but baseball is clearly trying to limit rosin use, which, as you just said, and I agree with, is going to get somebody killed. I mean, not literally, but someone's going to get hit in the I, head. Yeah, we just don't need to swing this wide on this stuff. Like, okay, if people were putting all kinds of crap all over the ball, then yes, by all means, let's look for spider tap. Like, that is, yeah, we don't want sure. that. That's bad. But, like, there are grip issues that are, like, very real. I know that they are testing the tapio ball again in AA this year, so hopefully maybe that will come to something this time around, and then you can safely ban it because it would be easier to just rip the ball. But until you do that, like, I'm sorry, but, like, I don't want to watch some hitter end up in the emergency room with a skull fracture because some umpire decides today's the day he thinks you have too much rosin, which is a legal substance, in case we haven't said that enough times, on some part of your body. Like, this this can't work like this. It's yeah. dangerous. Yeah, you know, and Irby, you were a catcher. Uh, <laughs> you imagine trying to catch a pitcher who had their rosin limited so they really did have a good firm grip on the ball? Yeah, still a catcher, too. Uh, no. I yeah. So this one, I'm with you guys. This one drives me up a wall. I'm calling major uh, BS on Major League Baseball here because um, there's that their bag behind the mound, and I'm trying to think what kind. Oh, it's a rosin bag. 
You can't throw people out of the game for using something that you give them. <laughs> that's like throwing up and taking a batter going, hey, whoa, that's the wrong kind of... That, that, that redwood tree that you're using, yep, can't use that bat. Like, it's a wooden bat! It weighs the right... No, 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 this is a wood bat from the Amazon, so it's illegal, you're thrown out. No! You can't throw somebody out of the game for using something that you give them. They don't even bring it themselves. You give it to them. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. This is this is ump show. This is un- not understanding the rules. I don't know what some combination of that. Um, I'm leaning towards ump show just because we have had three ejections as of today. We have had three ejections for this violation. Phil Cuzzy has been on the crew every single time. Oh, that okay. Means- so at some point, it's no longer a coincidence. <laughs> I, I feel like we're at that point. <laughs> Maybe this is a pretty an easy problem to fix, man. We just have to deal with one umpire. Um, what happened the last time we had a problem that only involved one umpire? He's still here. Uh, so, that's fair. Yes, you are correct, <laughs> and that would be the logical thing to do. Will baseball do it? No, they will not. <laughs> oh boy! All right, Irby, anything else on that one? Samantha? Yeah, we got to be careful with that umpire, Hayden. You can see Angel, Phil Cuzzy, C.B. Buckner all working the same crew, and it would just be, oh, oh crap, buckle up, here we go. <laughs> oh, man. That, that's actually a nice little future segment, the worst possible officiating crews across sports, and that would be one of them, probably the worst. Oh, gosh. No, thank you. Hard pass. Um, okay, so my, my next one is, is actually a little bit selfish. Uh, it, it's, it's a mea culpa, so to speak, because I really owe – uh, one of these young guys in the game, an apology. Uh, Mr. Grayson Rodriguez, <laughs> uh, I don't know what I did to you uh, with my overreaction last week, but uh, I need to turn around three times and spit or something because this poor kid, uh, after getting off to a great start in his first start, has proceeded to, well, pitch, pitch like a young kid that wasn't ready for the big leagues. Uh, Samantha, that ERA is at 6-9-1. He's got... A whip of 1.6, and I'm fairly certain I jinxed him. Yeah, you got overexcited and you cursed him. I, we, we have no influence over the outcome of baseball games. Um, this is actually going exactly the way that one would guess. You know, you come out, nobody's seen your stuff before. You look really good. We know your stuff is good because of what kind of prospect you are. We've seen you perform in the minors. But you're going to get knocked around when you first come up. Most pitchers do. That's actually really normal. You come up, you have this great start. So everybody's like, what the hell is this? I've never seen this before. And then you get a little bit of film. You get a little bit used to you. You know, even the third time through the order, I think we kind of started to see it right off the bat. So, um, yeah, we're, we're going to solve your responsibility for this foe because what's <laughs> happening to this kid is the same thing that happens to everyone. So it's, yeah, I mean, okay. he overreacted the first week because it's fun and it's exciting and, and good for him and we all want him to do well, and I think he will do well. Um, but right now he's suffering the sort of inevitable torment of the young pitcher called up where, you know, what how does Crash David say these, these young hitters are going to let, those hitters are going to light you up like a pinball machine. Mm. Cocky and arrogant even when you're getting beat. So, yeah, so yeah, good, yeah. good sound advice there. For young Grayson Rodriguez, who is going to be just fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he's going to be fine. It's just I wonder if the Orioles made a mistake. I mean, they really only needed to cover, what, one start? Yeah, there's a there's a good argument, actually, for that, considering how 
uh, troubling his spring training was. Right. Um, yeah. Because yes. like he's yeah. he's he's very he's 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 very wild in in the zone and out. Like <laughs> they finally developed a pitcher and then they brought him up. To <laughs> yeah. Right. Like he's got great stuff, but man, oh he is. God. When you're that wild in the zone, you're going to get lit up. And when you're out of the zone as much as he has been, you're going to do the walks. And all of a sudden, those home runs are three-run home runs. Uh, like, Irby, what, what do you think here? Did, did the Orioles maybe should have just called some some random guy up, you know, one of those quad A guys, to get him through that little injury and bump in the rotation? Yes. Yes, you have AAA for the reason. It, it, it is to have those guys still trying to make it in their career still trying to continue their career, extend their career for exactly this purpose, not your prized young prospect, okay? Because Grayson's had this problem at every level as he moves up. He's had a hard time struggling. He hates hard time struggling, sorry. He's had a hard time adjusting. Technically true. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, true. Right, yeah. You, you, you were right, technically. Uh, uh, that's great. Yeah, the, the brain's smarter than the, yeah, that's, oh, man. He has had a hard time adjusting to each level as he moves up. Um, Grayson was not ready for this. You guys mentioned spring training. He had it in his one AAA start. Okay, He had a rough outing, a short outing, in, in which he four hits, four walks, and four innings. Okay, So what made you think, you know what's the funniest thing about that is because we made the, you guys made the Crash Davis reference, that minor league start was back at the beginning of the season, and it was against the Durham Bulls. So the Durham Bulls leading up like a pinball machine at the start of this season. Um, so it yeah, is now very nucleus-like in profile, if you think about it. Yeah, and, and, and it is. It's, it's, it is, and, and that's why, I, what was the point here? Like, what, what was the point? And so now all you've done is, yes, you know, it, 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 it was nice at first. It was a good start. He handled the Rangers well. But now you've been lit up and struggled against the Athletics and the White Sox. So... Not good. Not good, Baltimore. Yeah, especially struggling against the A's. Man, that's not good. Um, okay, so I have one more um, before we get into, uh, before we bring back a beloved segment, so to speak. Um, I'm sure you guys heard this, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to turn this into more of a PSA. Uh, the Rockies mascot, Dinger, got assaulted on the dugout. Right, he's on top of the dugout, he's doing his thing, and some, some random guy comes up there and just assaults the guy, just tackles him. Right? So may, maybe we just need to have this particular conversation here. Um, if you're sitting around the dugout at the home field of some of these teams that have mascots like Dinger or the Philly Fanatic or Orbit, okay? hate the Astros, but I love Orbit, right? If you're if you're going to be by the dugout, you need to treat those first few rows as kind of a de facto splash zone, right? Like like you are at risk of either a having something spilled on you, or b having a mascot use you as a prop for something. At, just no going in. If you're sitting next to the dugout, that you need to have the temperament to be around the mascots of these teams because if you're not, you turn into this douchebag who thought he was the, the most important person in the stadium and assaulted the mascot. Samantha, I, I can't get, I can't with this. This is, this is the most absurd thing I've seen all season so far and probably really more, more absurd than anything I've seen the last handful of seasons. I mean, this is, this is nonsense. 
I, yeah, do we even have to say it? You can't attack the mask guy. Like, under any circumstances, you cannot attack the mask guy. Like, the, the only time when one may attack the mask guy is when it's another mask guy, and they're doing one of those mascot battle royales. Like, you, guy in the stands, cannot assault the mascot. It doesn't really matter what the reasoning is behind it. Um, also, as Digger's biggest fan outside of Colorado, because he doesn't love a purple triceratops with no pants, um, <laughs> I, I take... I'm especially personally offended by this because I love Digger so much. I think he's so wonderful. Um, he's my favorite mascot. I adore him. So anyway, I take Digger's personal safety very seriously. But yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, look, don't set your beer on the edge of the wall when the mascot's dancing on top of the Why do we have to tell you this? Like, yeah. I, and it's not just the dugouts, too. Like, if you go around... In, in some ballparks, uh, you know, for progressive field, as an example, um, Spider comes and dances on the top of the outfield wall because it is a big, wide sort of platform. Um, and people do, you know, you sit in the front row there. Right? Our season tickets were, were right on that wall uh, for a very, very long time. And you do set your drink on that wall. But, like, when the mascot comes, you got to take your drink off there. Because if that mascot kicks that drink onto you, like, it splashes on You're absolutely right. I mean, like... Yeah, you might be used as a prop, as you mentioned, which I know is, like, not really a pleasant experience because, like, once you get, I don't know, I, don't, I imagine most of you have been close to a mascot at some point, they smell really bad. Like, those those suits do not get cleaned nearly as often as they should, which is perhaps something we should take up with the teams. Like, look, man, this thing's got to go into dry cleaning, like, every week. This is out of control. Yeah. Um, because, like, you feel like you're going to die when that thing hugs you and your face gets into its fur and you're like, oh, no, my God, um, I, my eyes are watering, my nose is watering, this is horrible. Um it's like being hugged by a zoo, like the whole zoo. Um, it's gross. But you can't attack the mascot. And like, if you don't want to be in a situation where you might be interacting with the mascot or like the mascot and it's like giant furry feet, like it's a little clumsy inside there, you know, like that, that thing can't move the way you can. It can't just like agilely dance past your drink, hot dog, whatever it is that you set there. Like, I mean, it's a really hard job, guys. Like, also, like, just don't attack mascots. Like, I, why, why do we need to tell anyone this? Like, you're a jerk. Um, leave Dinger alone. Like, don't, don't assail the mascot. Don't sit there if, if you don't like that. But there are many other lovely views of the ballpark, which you could choose to uh, take a game from rather than right there if you are deeply upset by either the loss of the beer or the proximity of a dinosaur without pants. You know, just for the cleanliness of the of the mascots there, Samantha, uh, I've got a couple of ideas. For one, um, the 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 guy wearing it or the girl wearing it, whoever's wearing this thing, you'd think they would want it clean more often than they are. They're the ones wearing oh, it every night. My understanding from people who have worn mascot costumes, particularly in places like the minor leagues or high schools where there's even less money for things like mascot outfit dry cleaning or like a second costume, is that it is you kind of develop that ability to not smell it anymore because oh. you have to. <laughs> oh. That's a horse of a different color. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> then the other idea I have is, you know, these major league, these, these, especially the major leagues, you know, the minor leagues, that's different, and so is, you know, college and high school. But major league teams, they have the money for two costumes. Have one costume in use while the other one's being cleaned. That simple. You got to clean. I, yeah, I'm. You got to clean costumes. Confused why they can't, and I know some of them do have two costumes, but then why is one not at the dry cleaner? 
Like you could, you got to clean it every week. Wear the one, clean the other. Wear the one, clean the other. Like clean the series. Like you can afford to dry clean things. Yeah. Like giant profitable corporation. Like it's <laughs> oh my gosh, it's bad. <laughs> Come on, you, you can have like like a, your own full time mascot dry cleaner. Well, especially you know the ones with the longer fur, you know, like the uh-huh. fanatic or yeah. slider or you know any of the ones that have like the longer hair are even smellier yeah. than the ones that are more like a traditional stuffed animal because like stuff gets stuck in that you know speaking of splash zone you know <laughs> like that thing leans into beer like it leans into nacho cheese like it's got you know, caramel corn stuck to it or whatever. Like, that fur picks up a lot. Like, if someone who has a dog with fur that is quite similar to that, I can tell you that it picks up everything and the dog must be washed <laughs> more frequently than I want to wash a dog. But, you know, them's the rules. I don't want my dog to smell like slider. So, here we are. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. No, no, right there, right there with you. Irby, how about you? Where are you landing on this mascot talk here? If the Oakland A's can afford two mascots, everybody can afford two mascots. So, it could be that simple. It's valid. If the A's can do it. Um, I would it be funny, by the way, if the mascot for the A's uh, demanded a trade? I think that'd be funny. <laughs> he should the elephant. I love the elephant. He's great. <laughs> he he deserves better. Like let the feral cats be the mascot. Well, he's probably the least. He's probably the least stinkiest of all the mascots because you smell the That's atmosphere fair. and you can't smell the. Oh, because you're smelling the sewage coming out of the sewage. You smell the sewage, so you don't even know. It's like, oh, man, this thing doesn't smell so bad. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a little too old man yelling at a cloud here. Like, you, where, where, where are you seated? You're seated next to the field. Okay, you're going to be involved. Like, I, I have a, next month I have tickets in the home run deck at the, ball, at the Globe Life Field for Rangers Braves. Okay, guess what? I'm bringing a glove. Why? Because I'm in the spot where there's going to be balls hit. Yep. We go to minor league games. We sit in the front row all the time, and I tell my family, and the boys love it, and my wife doesn't really love it when we sit and there's no fence or no net there. Like, heads up, guys. Why? Because the ball can get over here in a second and a half. So heads up. Yeah. Okay? You, you, I, I, it, I don't know. I, maybe it's what I work in. I'll set, like, situational awareness here. Okay? You're, 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 the, the mascot is moving back and forth here. Guess what? You're going to be a little inconvenienced. Well, get tough. You're sitting up close. You're getting on TV in the jumbotron, you moron. Uh, so whatever. Oh, this I don't, is I our have... netting conversation all over again. I yeah. totally agree with you. You're yeah. 100% right. Yeah, totally agree. Like, you know where you're sitting. You're not, you're, you know where you're sitting. It's, it's not like you buy you know nosebleed seats. You're like, I can't see the pitch count. Well, yeah, because you bought seats up there. Well, but why are my seats as good? Because you didn't spend as much money as down here. That's how this works. This is <laughs> we, we learned this in like third grade. Okay, so I don't. I have no no bones about this at all. No, man, you're 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 near the mascot. You're getting beyond the jumbotron. You dumbass. Um, but yeah, don't 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 attack a purple triceratops. I. But I'm also the guy that if I got my way, like commissioner, like if I if I could pull this off as MLB commissioner, aside from all these other things, I would also have at least two German Shepherd canines at every game. So for every idiot that felt like they wanted to run on the field, I'm giving everyone some entertainment and re- releasing the dog on you. <laughs> I love that idea. I love that idea that that poor guy that did the proposal at Dodger Stadium would not. Not have fared well uh, with that. Okay, uh, Samantha, anything else you would add here before we get into armchair umpire? No, just that I hope proposal guy got dumped because, like, hey, this is so cringe. Yeah. Like, 
Well, I, I have to tell you that I would say no to someone who did that because, like, first of all, ballpark proposals are kind of like gross in Major League Park in general, but also like, um, you've ruined the baseball game. Like, like you've interrupted a baseball game. Like that is the opposite of what I want out of the marriage. So yes, <laughs> I agree. Release the hounds. <laughs> Yeah, well, she actually did say yes. They shared an Instagram story about it. So, um, yeah, clearly she's not a baseball fan. Um, these people, oh, my gosh. Please take your whatever this is somewhere else. Don't do this at <laughs> I hate you. We're going to send the German Shepherds after you. Maybe the feral cats, too. Um, <laughs> I think I'd be more afraid of the feral cats. <laughs> oh, me, too. Like, if I saw two German Shepherds coming at me, I'd be like, hey, guys, if I saw a pack of feral cats coming at me, like, I mean, that is a great deterrent. I'm running. <laughs> oh man. Okay. All right. So, um, as I mentioned last week, uh, we're, we're putting a hiatus on the time capsule so we can do something a little bit different for a little while, but it will be back. Uh, but we are bringing back armchair umpire. So for those of you new to the program, uh, armchair umpire, uh, is, is a fun little interactive game. So play along at, at home while you're listening. See if you can come up with the answer as well. Uh, but uh, Irby here has a, a fun book uh, that has all kinds of different situations involving baseball's rules. And he's going to, he's going to each week, he's going to toss Samantha and I one of those scenarios. And Samantha and I have to correctly come up with what the umpires ruled. Uh, so, uh, this will be, of course, every week, uh, for the next handful of weeks. So if you don't get it right this time, don't worry. Uh, if Irby says the phrase, it's not that challenging or it's not that difficult, trust him on that, except no, don't trust him on that. Cause it absolutely will be incredibly difficult and incredibly challenging. So, uh, with, without further ado here, Irby, uh, you want to get us started with our first armchair umpire of the season? Yes, well, thank you. I'm, I'm super excited to get this going again. I know we've had some fun with this before. Um, this was a big part of my childhood. It was my mother's dad was the one that always put the scenarios on me and the scorebooking and, you know, what's the scorekeeper interpretation and rules interpretation. So I the, the, the love of this came from him. Um, and I know that we did this before. We had some fun ones. We had some tough ones. We had some that we all learned a little bit. So but hopefully we bring that again here today. Um, so. Like I said, uh, the, the the teaser, yeah, yeah. No, this one's not that difficult. Sure, sure. No, no, no. Not that. Don't don't overthink it. So, um, so let let's jump right in. Um, you know, it's it's always rare in baseball to get some sort of comedy relief. Um, what we do see baseball is as passionate as wonderful is that sometimes things can be a little humorous um, and take bizarre twists. Um, plays sometimes can have a bizarre outcome. So. Uh, the following play set forth in a hypothetical here, because this definitely wouldn't happen. Um, well, no, maybe it would. But the Cardinals and the Reds are meeting today, um, and it's the first inning. You know, let's have some fun. Let's just say this is back at old Riverfront Stadium here, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, the, 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 the Cardinals and the, and the, uh, the Reds are up. So at the, uh, at the plate for uh, Cincinnati is one Barry Larkin, and he starts the game off with a bunt. Great start, you know, start that game, get everyone, you know, we're all excited, wonderful day game, everyone's excited to be here, and boy, immediately bunts the ball, and not a great bunt, just right there in front of the plate, and the uh, the Cardinals catcher, uh, wasting no time, jumps out, grabs the ball, and reaches out for the tag, 
Okay, so down the line, down that first baseline, he just goes ahead and tries to make the tag on Mr. Larkin. And as he is reaching out to give this tag on Larkin, as he, he realizes he's getting away, so the catcher dives. Instead of thinking of, okay, just slow down, take a step, throw to first, he dives towards the runner, the batter. Sorry, it's just funny what I'm reading. Um, as he's diving... He touches him on the rear. The ball hits the rear, and the ball goes into his back pocket. <laughs> the catcher loses control of the ball. Barry Larkin, realizing it's there and not being touched, continues to run to first. His first base coach yells at him, go, go, go. He heads for second. Everybody's standing around at first going, what's going on? Heads to third. As he's rounding third, they try to grab the ball out. Don't touch it. And Barry Larkin continues all the way around for an inside-the-park home run that went a mere 15 feet. So, <laughs> now the fun of armchair umpire. You guys, so for the folks that haven't been here before with us, so there's our hypothetical of what happened in today's game at Riverfront. Um, and so now I throw it at Bo and Samantha, who are umpiring today's game and not worried about rosin bags or time clocks or anything like that. But these two have to interpret what what's the right call. <laughs> okay, so first of all, this is hilarious. Um, <laughs> it's in his pocket. I mean, the easy one would have been if it landed there after hitting the field, because then he would be out. But the catcher had possession of it, so he is not out purely because the ball is in his pocket. I think we can get that far. Mm-hmm. So the question becomes, is that just a too bad for you inside the park home run? Um, are you, I mean, to me, this has got to be a ground rule double, right? Like, that's the logical solution to this, isn't it? It is, but uh, armchair empire is rarely logical. Um, but I, I agree yeah, with I you. Yeah, I to. I mean, wouldn't it, this would be the equivalent of a liner down, you know, down the line that gets stuck in the wall. Right. But it's not. But it's though, not. Because we we had this come up on a previous armchair umpire a long time ago, if anybody remembers this, about the difference between a ball getting stuck. And it, it, there was some differences about a person and who's considered part of the field. Oh, right. right? Yeah. So is this one of those where we have to think about, like, is the base runner part of the field? Like, I don't think the base runner is part of the field the way the third base coach would be because, like, he's – on the he has a vested interest in keeping that ball in his pocket, right? So right. that's different. And we know that if the ball had hit him on the fly, he would be out, or if it hit him before it touched an opposing player, he would be out. But that mm-hmm. didn't happen, right? So what is the rule for like what the fact that it touched this human and ended up in his pocket? Like to me, that's a dead ball. It's a I mean, it, it really should be a dead ball because how are they getting that ball out? <laughs> well, yeah, what are you going to do? Tackle him somewhere? Between... <laughs> 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 Rip it out of his pocket? So nicely asked You know how great that would be to see, like, as he's rounding third, you're, like, trying to grab something out of his rear? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can't you just picture, like, because there, there's, there's someone who would do it. Like, I don't even know. Like, we could talk about who's the modern but like who is the guy who like as an infielder would just like bum rush somebody like that and tackle them like Bregman that was Bregman probably we pick somebody who's more likable for their competitive spirit like like 
Well, this is where we need the old uh, Pablo Sandoval standing at third base. Like, yeah, come on. I got you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, all right, Smith. Uh, maybe let's think about it this way, right? Because the whole point of like a ground okay. rule double is you you are essentially saying that you would have reached second base regardless, right? Like you would have reached second base if the ball hadn't gone into the stands or hadn't, right? That's the essence of the ground rule double. Right. That's the logical, yes, spirit right. of the rule. So, so yeah. in this case, you obviously can't assume an out because you can't assume that the throws we made. So would you award him first base? Right. I, you know, I think that's an interesting way to look at this. Yeah, because, like, if you follow the, the sort of spirit of the law on the ground rule double, like, it would not be reasonable to assume that he would get second. It's also not reasonable to assume that he's out. It is reasonable to assume that if the catcher does not perform his duties properly, which is what happened here, right, the catcher dropped the ball. He right. screwed up. That's an error on the catcher. But it's probably only a one-base error, right? Because you can't yeah. assume he would have gotten beyond first on that. So, like, maybe that's our answer. That he's awarded first base, and it's an error charge to the catcher. Yeah, I I, I think so because I, I I don't the see the ball's dead. Yeah, the, yeah. the ball's dead, and Larkin goes to first because the catcher yeah. did just drop the ball, dropped the ball into his back pocket. <laughs> well, and he he lost possession of the baseball, so that's that's an error right there. Yeah, like right. You, you've made an Me error lose possession of the ball. So, yeah. but is it a two base error? Like probably not. And it's certainly not a four base error. It's definitely so, not a four base I mean, error. No, yeah, I, I think it, I think it's I, I think we're right here. I, I think it's dead ball awarded first base. Next batter up. Yeah, I agree. Okay, yeah, I think that's our final answer. Well, that was fun. All right, so there you go, folks. So that's what we do. Is that they're going to talk that through? They have the umpires have conversed. Um, we've had our commercial and all that fun stuff. And uh, Bill and Samantha. Give yourself a pat on the back. Well, John, (laughs) getting there. Yes. Not a home run, obviously. The ball is considered out of play when controlled by the offensive team. As (laughs) in this case. Yeah, if it's touching a person thing. So play ceases at the moment of this, quote-unquote, innocent interference. (laughs) (laughs) You charged... You charge the catcher with an error, and you give Mr. Larkin first base. So it goes down as an E2 next batter. So good job, guys. I knew y'all weren't going to get tripped up by the home run, but the ground rule double, that was a good conversation. It was a good thought process. But, yeah, this is a uh, this is a, a funny one that I somehow we need to happen now. <laughs> Not, not to mention, in this hypothetical, Barry Larkin would have worn one his next at bat, but that's neither here nor there. I yeah, can you? I this is just so funny to me, like that it's it landed in the pocket. I mean, this is again. Let's go back to the whole like if you want to see something you've never seen before, go to a baseball game. Um, just tremendous, absolutely tremendous stuff. Fantastic. Like, what are the chances? So great. So great. Uh. Oh boy! Oh, I love it. And Bo, we we survived. We, we did. did it. We survived. Um, we we made it. We're one and zero. I hate to start out in the hole, so this is this is good. This is good. Um, hopefully, I hope you guys enjoyed playing along at home here yeah. too. We're gonna have these uh, the rest of the baseball season. So. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Everyone, that's not how you did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and that's that's actually the fun part of Armchair Umpire because while, you know, Samantha and I are the ones playing the game and, and whatnot, um, we have to consider Irby the crew chief. So if you have a beef with one of these calls, you have to go argue with Irby. Tweeted him, not us. You got yeah. tweeted him, not, don't, yeah, don't not us. Oh, uh, okay, okay, yeah, that's fine, that's cool. I'll be the, I'll be the crew chief. <laughs> you can get that. Listen, with great power comes great responsibility. So, uh, I would love to know that if sometimes when those umpires are getting together for these screwy ones, that I would love to know if every once in a while there's one of them going, guys, I have no freaking clue. Right. I don't remember this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even baseball's fault either. Baseball's been around for so long. It's got so many rules. <laughs> rules that none of us know. <laughs> hey, well, what we saw last week in the Guardians Yankees game is that when the umpires don't know what the rule is, they'll just make something make up. It up. But if it's mm-hmm. neither team. So, you know what? Like, if you didn't get the armchair umpire right, don't worry about it. The professional umpires also don't get it right a fair amount of the time. Uh, <laughs> we've seen all too much of this season. But, like, please... Don't make up a rule if you're not sure. <laughs> Please <laughs> consult your rule book. And if you don't like the ruling at Irby Senate, uh, <laughs> don't know yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, don't, don't bring that to us because we'll probably agree with you and then we're all yelling at Irby. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I will gladly, gladly do those conversations because this is fun. This is great interpretation. Hey, and the beauty of it is exactly what y'all did. You talked through it. Mm-hmm. Um, you were, you guys were, I was loving it. I was like, oh, are they going to give him a second base? Like, do it, do it, do it, do it. But hey, help at the end. All that matters. You guys got the call right. Well done. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. That's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Until next week. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Help us out with that algorithm. And watch some more baseball. We'll see you next week.